politics, pop culture, and a whole bunch of other things that start with the letter P. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? Hey, 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 welcome in. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast, episode 56. Thanks for joining us this week. And uh, I got to tell you, I have been excited about this program since we began planning it a few weeks ago. This has been uh, a back and forth that I've I've enjoyed. And I, I really think this is an important show because we're going to be talking later on with Dave Adamson. Now, Dave is one of those guys that I came across at a seminar a couple of years ago, and he has just had his his finger on the pulse of uh, of digital discipleship, of online church, and what that looks like. And this was even before everything went home uh, over COVID. And he has really been one of the louder voices when it comes to figuring out what ministry looks like as we put more and more of our lives online. So stick around for that interview. Right now, though, I'm going to start off with this story because it's one of those stories that you think is going to go a, a certain place, and then it doesn't, and you it, it t- kind of makes you stop and think here. And I'm, I'm getting this story from NBCNews.com, and the headline is, a man told his employer not to celebrate his birthday, and he was awarded $450,000 after he got an unwanted party. Now, first off, your brain goes to, okay, oh no, poor baby had a party. Oh no. Well, here's the thing. Kevin Burling suffers from an anxiety disorder, and he told his birthday a birthday celebration would trigger a panic attack. So, and now, you still may be going, well, oh well, so why does he get a lawsuit, you know, in favor of him? Well, here are all the details. He suffers with his anxiety disorder, and he asked his employer not to celebrate his birthday because it would trigger a panic attack. Now, that's a key point in this. He asked them not to celebrate. He said, if you, if, if you do this, I'm going to freak out. As Thanos would say, a freak out is is imminent. So when the company, Gravity Diagnostics, ignored Kevin Burling's request and had a surprise lunchtime celebration for him, a surprise lunchtime party for a guy that has told you that he has an anxiety disorder and he would it would not ha- it would not turn out well. So he got upset. You know, everybody jumps out surprise and he got upset and freaked out. Yeah, he freaked out. He had to be taken outside. Um, they sent him home the rest of the day, and he later on was fired. So, yeah, the jury on March 31st offered, awarded him $450,000. They found that Burling suffered from an adverse employment action because of his anxiety disability. Now, he told his office manager, did not want to celebrate his birthday because it would trigger a panic attack. The company has a long-standing practice of having birthday celebrations at the office for their employees, and the company surprised him on his birthday with a celebration in the lunchroom. Of course, he had a panic attack. He quickly left, finished the rest of his lunch in his car, and then texted his manager, upset the company had failed to accommodate his request for no party. 
A day after the celebration, he was called into a meeting where he was confronted and criticized for his reaction, and the confrontation triggered another panic attack. Because, you know, once again, anxiety disorder. At the conclusion of the meeting and because uh, they had a panic attack during the meeting, the plaintiff was sent home from the from work for the remainder of August 8th and 9th. And on, on, on the 11th, he was sent a letter telling him he was being terminated because of the events of the previous week. He sued. And while the company didn't respond to a request for comment, they it is on record that they they lost the lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, uh, they said he was terminated in, in the press earlier. They said he was terminated for violating a work workplace violence policy, and uh, the company stands by its decision. But that was before they lost the lawsuit. So uh, you know, who knows what, what what if they're still feeling as uh, uppity on that as well. See, originally. Before you get into, and this is why details matter, before you get into the story, you're thinking, oh my gosh, someone didn't want a birthday party, and so they're suing because they had a birthday party thrown. They were embarrassed. But this guy actually had a disorder, and he let management know he had a disorder. <laughs> He's not like playing into the you know the victim mentality or anything. He actually was a victim. He said, he, he let them know, this is not going to turn out well for any of us if you do this. And of course, you know, you know, they barreled on through with it. Oh no, you're getting a party, a surprise party, whether you like it or not. I got a craving for cake. And so off we go. And it didn't turn out well, as he warned them, and therefore, you know, a termination had to be made for them to save face, I guess. Regardless, they lost the lawsuit, as I think they should have. That because, yeah, he 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 warned you. You can't say he didn't warn you. He told you that's, that this was going to happen. And you're not going to go through trying to prove that an anxiety disorder does not does not warrant anything. When when you confronted him about it days later, he had another anxiety attack. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. One thing that you don't have to be anxious about though is uh is what's happening with our church right now. The church is figuring out where it, where it's going as technology is is emerging. And coming up next, our buddy Dave Adamson is going to be in to talk with us about it. He's got a new book out coming out. It's called uh, Meta Church. And you can, go, you can go pre-order it over on Amazon, uh, as well as a few other places. He'll fill you in on all that. Stick around. We're going to talk a lot with, with Dave about where the church is going, the mistakes that the church is making as it's trying to figure out what digital discipleship looks like, and a whole lot more. Stick around for all that. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. The Mark Harvard Podcast. You know, life is not always easy to navigate, and that's where our friends at All Things New Counseling Services, that's where they step in. They're going to help you get through some tough times. This time of year, people are looking at themselves. They're starting to think about all the things that they want to have a little different, and sometimes that goes hand in hand with some depression, some anxiety, some stress. The gang over at All Things New Counseling Services can help you out with that. Charmin and her team have an area of expertise that includes bipolar disorder, depression, eating disorders, substance abuse, PTSD, and trauma. And guess what? They also do telehealth. So no matter where you are, you've got someone who's there to listen and help you through some of those low times in life. Go ahead, check them out online, allthingsnewcounselingservices.com, and tell them that you heard about them right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. 
find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at markharvardcreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Welcome back. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. And don't forget to uh, to check out our sponsors. Uh, these folks that make the podcast actually work. One of them is All Things New Counseling Services. Go k- check them out at allthingsnewcounselingservices.com. You know, life can be tough. There are ups, there are downs. And sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. Charm and Rutherford and the gang are there to help. And no matter where you are, they work on telehealth as well. So go check them out. All Things New Counseling Services. Can I just tell you? How excited I am for today's guest. I've been I've been a fan of his for for years. I saw him at a conference a few years back and I mean stalking's not a great word I like to throw around, but I've been following him online like since then and he's given me like so many this little nuggets as you know as I've gone further in ministry and he's you know encouragement through through COVID and all this other stuff. Dave Adamson is on the phone with us, and he is—he's uh, a—he's uh, he, just—he's what's—he's basically becoming the uh, the go-to guy when it comes to online and digital discipleship in the world. So, Dave, oh. thanks for being here today, man. Mark, it is so great to be here. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Well, the go-to you, guy is that what you just said? Good he, lord, he's the go-to there guy. Be yeah. people, there has to be better people than me. <laughs> Well, I mean, there are a lot of big voices out there, and um, actually, most of them are quoted on your website. But, <laughs> but there are other there are other big voices out there. But I mean, you have given me and so many other people that I know uh, so much to to think about and to do and to to kind of mull through as we've gone through this lockdown. Because you've been always been a big proponent of of online church and 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 basically it's positioning. And I'm going to paraphrase you correct me because you would know the actual quote um is is that online church is not the enemy of in-person church but it's the enemy of indifference to church yes so i completely agree that's the big thing right but for too long in church world it feels like we have been pitting online and on site like against each other and Mm -hmm. yeah i'm just a big fan of the fact that you you know the two can work so in harmony with each other if we do it with purpose and if we have a strategy behind it so dave before we get too far into this kind of give us a little bit of a background tell us uh for for the uninitiated uh tell us you know where where you cut your teeth where did you where where did you get your your legs out out underneath you uh when it comes to this sort of stuff yeah, well, I'd never planned to go into ministry. I never planned to be an online uh, pastor or a social media pastor. That wasn't in the cards for me at all. Uh, you know, in high school, I, became, I started following Jesus when I was in year 11, so a junior in high school, and pursued a, uh, a career in TV journalism. Like, that's what I wanted to do. So I worked my way up through newspapers, through magazines, and then eventually uh, I was on TV in Australia for about eight years, working for one of the three major networks as a sports reporter. And then uh, I got an opportunity to fly to Connecticut and interview for a job at Sports Center on ESPN. And uh, about two weeks after I got back, uh, got told that I had an offer and we turned it down. My wife and I turned it down because we felt like God was calling us into full-time ministry. Zero idea, Mark, what that would look like. No idea. Was it starting a church? Was it? We, we just didn't know. And then I got a call from a pastor in New Jersey who I'd been listening to on podcast. And he said, hey, I'd love to fly you out and do an interview with you. So, I, you know, okay. And so we flew out. And next thing I knew, he gave me a job offer to be become the eighth online pastor in the world. 
And my wife and I said, yeah, this is what we're meant to do. So, so for me, you know, I didn't know that God was prepping me through my uh, communication experience, through my on-camera experience, through my production experience. Um, but this is how God works, right? Yeah. Often what he does is he gives you, you know, he gives you the opportunity to build skills that you have in your hand. And, and then he combines it with the vision that he's placed in your heart. And when those two things connect, that's when you find that doors open up and God really has you in, in the place where he's created you for. So I didn't plan for this. But God was planning for it all the way along. God, he, God is just the logistical mastermind, isn't he? Three I mean, <laughs> D chess, right? He plays the long game, you know. <laughs> and I've heard, you're Always, over and over again. But uh, you, so you were, I mean, you worked uh, with some pretty big, uh, pretty big organizations. Andy Stanley, you were at North Point Ministries in Atlanta for a while, yeah, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, there for seven years as the online and social media pastor. And now, where are you now? You, now you're actually you, you told me you were four days past uh, the jet lag. Where where are you based yeah. out of now? So uh, to November 2020, my wife and our kids we all moved back to Australia. Um, we wanted to make it as difficult as possible, so we did it in the middle of a global <laughs> pandemic. Um, and over there, I work for a company called Orange. Uh, they're a, they're a church strategy company out of Atlanta, and I'm the Orange director for Australia and New Zealand. And so, actually, right now. I'm back in uh, Atlanta um, here and, and enjoying being back and being around family and friends. It's, it's awesome. So, and, and we'll get to the reason why you're back in it. One of the big reasons you're back in Atlanta uh, in a few minutes. But uh, I was going to ask you, you know, you mentioned the pandemic. And yeah. you saw, I mean, overnight, like the job description for every pastor on the planet changed. So yeah. what were some of the biggest uh, wins that you saw for the church as the pandemic kind of ramped up? Well, look, obviously, as you know, as an online and social media pastor, I think one of the biggest wins is we jumped forward about five or six years in about five or six weeks, mm -hmm. um, as far as churches getting uh, their, their services up online and, and, and uh, figuring out how to do uh, streaming. I know for me in the first couple of weeks, Mark, uh, the thing that I focused on the most, the thing that I was getting uh, calls about uh, around the clock from church leaders, seriously, all around the world, not just in North America, but uh, Australia, the UK, Asia, you know, all across Europe, even the Middle East, they were trying to ask, they were asking me questions. How do we get, uh, how, how do we get our services broadcast online? How do we, how do we do online streaming? But after about three months, three or four months, what I noticed was they all started to shift their questioning to how do we do online ministry? And there's a big difference between broadcasting a service um, and doing online ministry. And for me, the, the, the real difference is this. And as somebody who's come from a TV background, TV is, very, is broadcast medium. Online is narrowcast medium. You have the opportunity in a, online to connect with people one-on-one, -on -one, connect with people in small groups, interact with them, um, you know, have conversations with them. And that's where it becomes narrowcast. And that's why it's so perfectly positioned to be a tool for discipleship rather than just a tool for distraction, right? We all look at our phones and our phones distract us from, from the things that are really important in life. But smart church leaders, what they started to do was, was change the, the way that people leverage their phone from a tool of distraction to a tool of discipleship because they understood that it was a narrow cast medium. That was the biggest step forward, in my opinion. And, and now, you know, as the pandemic is, you know, we, we, I don't want to get too far ahead of the game, but we, we're, we're thinking it's winding down. Right. Hopefully it's winding down <laughs> as wood. churches go. 
Uh, yeah, well, as churches go back into their building, I'm just asking them not to, <laughs> the way I put it is this, when you step back into your building, don't step back into time. Keep that innovation going that you experienced during the pandemic, keep that going and start leveraging new ways to let to, to use online tools and digital tools to connect with more people. Dave, why are some people so afraid or, th or why do they feel so threatened by online ministry? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, I think in general, the Capital C Church fears innovation. We're not great when it comes to innovation anymore, which I say anymore because I look at the scriptures and I, I read about the Apostle Paul, right? The Apostle Paul didn't let physical locations stop him from leading churches that were hundreds and hundreds of miles away. He discipled people from a distance. He didn't let physical... He, he didn't, he didn't let physical uh, location be the ceiling of his capacity to reach and disciple people. But, but somewhere along the line, we lost that edge. And I think part of the reason we lost that edge, if I can be really candid with you, is because most pastors, most worship leaders, love being in front of people and we get our self-worth and we, we measure our success based on how many people are sitting there watching us in that moment. It's different when you're looking at a camera and you don't get that immediate reaction. But the reality is, the reality is that we actually reach more people when we look down the lens than if we're just looking into a room. And, and, and too often what happens is we let our building capacity dictate our discipleship and reach capacity. Mm -hmm. And that's not how it should go. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's very, uh, um, tough when when you're when you when you're used to having the same you know the a few hundred people in front of you, it's yeah. it's tough to look beyond that and yeah uh, it, that, that's where we are now. Uh, uh, worship leaders and pastors are having to yeah. uh, kind of do the one sided thing, and it, you're right. It's it's a shift in thinking. It's a shift in perception of how we do church. So, it is, but if we can shift that, imagine the reach we can have in the local community that we're called to 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 serve in. And that's that's the big shift for me that that has happened over the years that I've been an online pastor is that shift in focus from you know streaming services online so that we reach this broad audience. I remember going to my pastors and my leadership team saying we had 81 different countries watching our service on Sunday, and that was the win. Now the win for me is how many people are we reaching with our content online that lives within a 30 minute drive of our church building? Because we really do want to connect people in physical community. I've not known an online pastor in the world who thinks that online could or should replace offline. It just doesn't happen. So for me, it's all about reaching the people who live within the context that God has called you to serve in. Do you think it's gotten past, and this is the last question before we take the break, uh, do you think it's gotten past the uh, the numbers of people watching and moved more into how many people are we reaching? I think it has. Yeah, I think I'm that's a here. huge shift. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's been a huge shift. Um, and, and that's an important shift. That's where it moves from just streaming a service to doing actual online ministry. Now, that doesn't have to happen on just a Sunday. This is the key point, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to just happen on a Sunday. In fact, I, I tell a lot of churches, the most innovative thing some churches could do is to stop streaming their services online and instead leverage digital technology to make a concerted strategic purposeful effort to reach the people in the community and the town that god's called them to serve in that's that's radical and you, and you find a lot of people that are going to push back on that hard because yeah. because there's so many churches that think oh we do online we do online well and all they're doing is streaming the service there's no, yep, it's there's that no broadcast 
it's that broadcast right rather than that that narrow cast and it doesn't just have to be streaming mark this is the thing you're doing a podcast churches need to leverage podcasts more often they need to leverage apps they need to leverage uh, texting they need to leverage youtube like if churches aren't using youtube we're missing a huge opportunity mm -hmm. to be there right in the in people's zero moment of truth that is my favorite and that's that's the, that's that that's the quote that actually like hooked me on you man was the uh was the quote about how uh people go to youtube to fix everything from their car what was it to their uh, yeah pe people use youtube to fix everything from fixing their car to fixing their marriage there he goes yeah and so why why wouldn't the church want to be there so exactly when we get back i want to talk about this book you've got coming out man i i, I have may 22nd because that's the day amazon said my book's coming in i have it circled in my in my planner <laughs> and um, I'm excited. Other people should be as well. So stick around. We're going to talk, continue talking with Dave Adamson about his new book, Meta Church. That's coming up next right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. The Mark Harvard Podcast. I can't tell you how thrilled we are to continue our relationship with Excalibur Service Company. They are the people that I use in my house, and they're who I suggest you use in your house for all your home needs, air conditioning, heating, duct cleaning, indoor air quality checks. These are the guys that can take care of it. They also offer emergency plumbing service because, you know, plumbing doesn't break in the middle of, an, of a Saturday afternoon. You know, it always happens in the middle of the night or when you least need it. To, uh, to be breaking. They're the folks you call. Like I said, they're who I trust my family is to, and they're who you should trust as well. It's Excalibur Services. Give them a call, 205-352-4160. It's 205-352-4160, or you can find them online, ExcaliburService.com, and tell them you heard about them right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at markharvardcreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. And we are back. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. Don't forget, check out our friends over at Excalibur Heating and Cooling, Excalibur Service Company, 205-718-8688. They are the folks that I use to keep my house comfortable. And you know, as the seasons are changing, it's getting hotter, it's getting colder. Right now we're in that weird section where one day it's one, one day it's the other. You need an HVAC unit that's going to keep up. And I, I, I like being comfortable. That's why they, well, call it comfortable. And uh, they're who I trust. They are who you should trust as well. Excalibur Service Company, 205-718-8688. So someone else you can trust when it comes to the world of digital evangelism, digital discipleship, is Dave Adamson. He's our guest today. And Dave, you've got a new book out. You finally got your hands on a physical copy, right? Yeah, I got my hands on a physical copy uh, like two days ago, uh, posted that. I'm real, really excited about this, dude. Seriously, all it is, it, it's it's called Meta Church. Mm -hmm. And that's not about a church in the metaverse. It's it's a different sort of take on this. And we, we can unpack that. But yeah, it, it goes on sale. Uh, well, it's on pre-sale right now. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you know what I'm going to do, man? For your listeners, if anybody pre-orders it, I'm going to give them an audio book version of it as well. What? I got to record that earlier this week, and I figure, why not? Just for the Mark Harvard podcast audience. Yes. All right. How do people get that? Well, all they need to do is pre-order it, and then they can go to my website, metachurchbook.com, and there'll be some links there that will they can put some details in, and we'll send them an audio copy. Rock on. All right. So there you go. You only get that here, guys. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. First, so, first time I've ever announced that publicly. So you're the first one. That's man. fantastic. See? See? It helps when you listen to the podcast. You get cool uh, exactly. stuff. So, okay. So tell us a little bit about this book. Now, what, what, what are people going to learn from this? Well, really, what I did was I took, you know, I've been an online pastor since 2008. Mm -hmm. And everything that I've learned in that period, right up until today, I tried to push all of that into a book in, in a way that was two, two, with two aims specifically. So it's the book is sec set up in three different sections. The first section is the philosophical uh, overview, essentially, of, of theological and philosophical ideas of why churches should be changing their model to incorporate more digital. Uh, mm -hmm. The second section is all practical. It's stuff from, you know, how to leverage podcasts, how to leverage email campaigns, how to uh, get the most out of YouTube to reach more people in your local community, right through to planning uh, the best version of an online service. And then the last uh, section is really about the future. What does the future hold for church leaders? And, and look, really, honestly, dude, what I did in that case uh, for that section is I just spoke to all of my friends who have been doing this for a long period of time, everyone from Bobby Gruenfeld right down to, you know, through Nona Jones and Karen Newhoff and, and right down to local pastors and just said, what do you see as the future of the church? And just took all of their comments verbatim about 30 different people from uh, all ranges of ministries and large churches and small churches, mm -hmm. and just tried to incorporate their knowledge into the book as well. You mentioned large churches and small churches. Are you seeing more of an of almost like a leveling of the playing field through all this? Yeah, that's the interesting piece. And it's part of the reason why I called the book Meta Church. Um, see, Tom Rainer is a church uh, researcher, and he came out recently and said that he believes, based on studies, that we're going to see fewer and fewer mega churches in the coming years. Like mega churches are losing their steam. That as a, that as a model, that's starting to die off. And so what, what comes in to replace that? Well, in my mind, I think it's meta churches. And that's a church. Now, this is the breakdown, right? That word meta is a prefix. That prefix yeah. means anything from to transform or to change as in metamorphosis, right through to, to go beyond as in metaphysical. And when I place meta in front of church, what I'm really talking about is a church that has, is changing its model to go beyond just a Sunday service, to go beyond just what happens in a building, really to reach people where they're at in the real world, which more often than not, it's online and it's during the week, not just on one specific day. That's right. I mean, we have an entire generation right now that has never not been able to get any sort of programming on demand. I mean, yeah. even, even when you had, you know, you back your was your TiVos back, you know, 20, 30 years ago. I mean, because it just that concept has always been around. They've never had yeah. to, you know, wait till Thursday night to watch, you know, family ties. You know, it, it's, oh, it's whatever I want it. So. While the church needs to be, you know, you know, not not of the world, uh, but the church needs to also react to the way that that things are going, and the, the best way yeah. to reach people is in a way that they're comfortable, I guess, taking that content, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and you know, look, uh, throughout the years and across the generations, I would say. Church has been adver averse to technology, right? Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily adopt it. We're slow adopters when it comes to technology. Sure. I mean, you think all the way back to, you know, uh, Gutenberg invents the printing press <laughs> in like the 1500s. Yeah. Uh, um, but, but we were, you know, we, the church, were a little bit adverse to that until he printed the Bible and then everything started to shift. Sure. Now, we know that as a huge part of church history, but, but look through to, 
you know, when, when the light bulbs were invented before that, I mean, people had to meet only on Sundays, but then they could meet Sunday nights because mm -hmm. they could turn the lights on and things like, so there's been technology, but this church has been slow to adopt it. But my opinion, my theology around it is simple. I look at, again, I look to the apostle Paul. He used the technology of his day to reach people who are far from him and to disciple them. The technology of his day was letter writing. Now, I'm sure you've got audience members who are in their 20s, so let me explain. Letter writing is when you take a pen and you press it down <laughs> on the paper and then you move your wrist around a little bit and uh. it creates letters. That's, but but that, was, that was the technology of his day. Yeah. Think about it, Mark. Yeah. If Paul was, if Paul was um, as shy about technology as, as modern-day churches are, mm -hmm. There's potential that up to 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament wouldn't have been written. I mean, I'm glad that Paul was innovative, and I think we need to get that innovative streak back. Dave, how can people get your book and absorb all of this brilliance? Um, they can go to Amazon. <laughs> it's right there. Just search for MetaChurch or search for my name, Dave Adamson, and that's the best place to do it. Or you can go to MetaChurchBook.com, sign up there, be part of the launch team, get a whole bunch of uh, extra uh, freebies on top of, like the audio book on top of your purchase. There you go. And I'll get, I'll get uh, links for this all in the show notes. Uh, uh, so that'll be out there as well, and we'll get out on social as, as, as well on top of that. Dave, thank you so much for being with us today. This is this is fantastic, and I, I hope you have a great time, you know, here in the states and on your on, on your trip back and all that. Uh, this has been fantastic. Thanks, I need to get you back on soon. Anytime, dude. Anytime. Seriously, I love what you're doing. All right, thanks so much, man. Dave Adamson, his new book is called Meta Church. Go get it on Amazon right now. Uh, stick around. More coming up. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast. The Mark Harvard Podcast. I can't tell you how thrilled we are to continue our relationship with Excalibur Service Company. They are the people that I use in my house, and they're who I suggest you use in your house for all your home needs. Air conditioning, heating, duct cleaning, indoor air quality checks. These are the guys that can take care of it. They also offer emergency plumbing service because, you know, Plumbing doesn't break in the middle of, an, of a Saturday afternoon. You know, it always happens in the middle of the night or when you least need it to uh, to be breaking. They're the folks you call. Like I said, they're who I trust my family is to, and they're who you should trust as well. It's Excalibur Services. Give them a call, 205-352-4160. It's 205 352 4160 or you can find them online excaliburservice.com and tell them you heard about them right here on the mark harvard podcast you know life is not always easy to navigate and that's where our friends at all things new counseling services that's where they step in they're going to help you get through some tough times this time of year people are looking at themselves they're starting to think about all the things that they want to have a little different. And sometimes that goes hand in hand with some depression, some anxiety, some stress. The gang over at All Things New Counseling Services can help you out with that. Charmin and her team have an area of expertise that includes bipolar disorder, depression, eating disorders, substance abuse, PTSD, and trauma. And guess what? They also do telehealth. So no matter where you are, you've got someone who's there to listen and help you through some of those low times in life. Go ahead, check them out online, allthingsnewcounselingservices.com, and tell them that you heard about them right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at markharvardcreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. 
We're back. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. And thanks again to Dave Adamson for hanging out with us. You know, uh, we've got a big event coming up here on May 7th. It is the Celebrate the Family Expo. You can get all the details over at BirminghamChristian.com. That's uh, that's the, the, the online home place of Birmingham Christian Family Magazine. Go check that out. I'll be out there for the Celebrate the Family Expo. Kevin Derryberry, who you may, you may have heard a few weeks ago here on the podcast, he'll be out there uh, singing us some songs, playing us some tunes, and also a whole lot more great stuff for families to kind of enrich the family, strengthen the family unit. All that's going to be out there. Go check it out at the Hoover uh, Met at the Hoover Met uh, on May the seventh. Go check that out. All the details at BirminghamChristian.com. That does it for the show. I'll see you next week. We've got some cool things coming up next week, but uh, I really I, I can't let I can't say anything right now. I hate it. I want to I want to promote this stuff, but I can't right now. It's not just absolutely in concrete, but it's it, it's standing up to be pretty cool. So so just you know keep your eye on social media, Facebook, Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. Although admittedly we aren't using YouTube as much as we probably should, but we're all over the place. Go check it out. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast, and I'm out. The Mark Harvard Podcast.